0: In today's quest, we learn that being first to commit fratricide for the throne can give your siblings some deadly ideas. This is the Quest for Power. Welcome back to the Quest for Power where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War One. We are your hosts and now devastators of mediocre lords, Scott and Michael. And if you listened to the previous episode, you would have listened to it as absolutely devastating Thorisman's legacy. And to be honest, it wasn't much, but uh, for those of you who haven't listened, uh, spoilers. He got almost. He almost earned the distinction of being the first lord we reviewed to have a whopping zero points, but missed it by a hair.
1: Why did we give him points again?
0: Uh, we gave him points. Well, you, I suppose you'll have to listen to find out. Huh? But <laughs> I did leave a bit of a legacy. Not, not a complete and total oaf, but. Uh, definitely was in the right place at the right time to make some s- impact on history. I mean, he he made an impact by
1: not doing anything <laughs>
0: on history. We did say he did do at least something.
1: It's okay, just, yes.
0: He, yeah. It, probably Joe Schmo across the street probably could have done a similar job. I mean he just happened
1: to be there at the time to kill attila the hun so i mean you know it's a little something oh no he did not kill attila the hun that would be someone else that did that i he mean defeated attila the
0: hun put didn't an end... even get like the the cigarette distinction of just being good looking you know <laughs> No, that so, was
1: Atolf. Atolf was the one who was good looking. Oh, I'm sorry. Cigarette got the distinction of just being a
0: horrible human being. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the seven day, the seven day man. Yeah. Uh, he, he, so, he, his, his reign was far more
1: interesting than Thorisman's.
0: <laughs> but one thing we did get from the last episode is we got ourselves the intro for today's episode, which. Uh, he got murdered by his brother. Yeah, that, that'll. But by,
1: by his brother, who also got help from his other brother.
0: So two yeah. of his brothers
1: conspired to kill him.
0: <laughs> That's. Uh, That's rough. Yeah, way to get ganged up on uh, Thorismund. Now, before we begin. If you are looking to expand your power and influence over the realm, go on and review us at podchaser.com. We've got to say we've got ourselves set up there. Give us a review, preferably five star review, if you would so kindly. But we understand if you want to give us some honest feedback, but make it make it nice
1: i i don't know does the i don't i i checked i'm not even sure if the four star or the three star really works or even the one or two star i think the only five star one kind of works but i i i don't know we're
0: going to throw them out your your one stars (laughs) we're perfect and our (laughs) self-contained review process has said so i give myself five stars every day yes yes
1: I'd ask you what you've been up to, Scott, but I know damn well what you've been up to. You've been playing uh, probably quite a bit of Call of Duty. What level are you up to already?
0: Uh, I think now I'm level 49, I want to say. And it came out, a... what,
1: last week?
0: Yeah, I am I know. I'm a little slow. I, I used to <laughs> Come on, be so man. much, just like grind through it all. But I'm a lot worse at this Call of Duty than all the rest of them. And... It is really it is really fun. So but unfortunately now I've I have other things that I have to do. So I know, terrible it's sad, But once we're done recording, I'm going to be playing You best you better believe. We're going <laughs> to I'm going to hit my max rank of 55 uh, tonight. 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 Yeah. Yep. We're not going to bed until it happens. That it shouldn't take too long. Just cash no. in that double XP and go to oh, town. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, we did get a bunch of that that's
0: right so. well
1: scott i think it's time that we finally tell the story of the backstabbing brother who probably is more interesting than thorismund and on trial today we have the defendant theodoric second of his name king and kinslayer king of the visigoths
0: Ooh, we get getting titles i know i today. mean he's
1: got it all he can't just be just king slayer nope he's also got that kin slaying ability that he picked up it's uh a little bit different than normal um speaking of different today gonna be a little bit different because of the way his reign kind of works the main part of the story is going to be broken up into three parts one part is to talk about one of the sources C- C- see and honestly that's probably because he might be more interesting than our king and that's kind of knocking our king but kind of not he he has quite an interesting life and then Sidonius also because he was a source at that time unlike Jordanes who we love to dish on who was like hundreds of years after he was actually there at the time and he was like being an unwitting historian because His works came through letters, not like he wasn't documenting historical documents. He was just trying to tell the emperor over in Rome or his son over in Rome what the court was like. And then, of course, and and then, of course, we'll actually do the actual reign of Theodoric II because that's kind of why we're here.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it.
1: So our primary source today, again, we have Jordanes and... I'm going to loosely say we use him because he has some wildly different takes than other sources. And the biggest one that I found is he thinks that Thorsman died a heroic death, killing the people who killed him instead of being a victim to fratricide, which everyone else says happened.
0: Well, a little healthy bias. (laughs) Just just a little light cover up yeah that's a that's a that's a bold (laughs) departure is what that is
1: that is uh that's really going off script i think it, it it's probably of him just trying to portray the goths especially like this descendant of goths in a better light
0: than just family murdering maniacs that they are but i mean it's one thing to spin something but another to really fabricate that's a that's not that's a different series of events, not a. Oh, wait till you get to some of the sources
1: later on where we have the lives of saints and Mm. the fabrications that are going to go on there. It's going to be it's going to be fun and wild. 100% true. (laughs) All righty. So his actual name is Gaius Solius Modetus, Apollinaris Sidonius, that's his full name. We're just gonna call him as Sidonius, C- and I'm still gonna be pretty rough at that. He was born in Lyon, France, and he was a diplomat, a poet, and a bishop.
0: A lot of titles today.
1: He, he, yeah, so yeah. This it's gonna get a little confusing at times, and. uh, To be honest, he's kind of more than a source. Based on his friendships and his connections, he seems to be like a really solid Game of Thrones player. He just didn't happen to be king. Like He withstand the tides of history and was somehow able to contain still holding on power, even as the world was crumbling around him. Oh, I forgot to mention, he also happens to be a saint, so he is Saint Sidonius, so that's already (laughs) better than being a king, especially in the eyes of the Middle Ages. That's, that's like immortalization, almost.
0: Yeah, maybe he needs his own episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think we're just gonna, he's got enough information that we don't need to do an entire new episode, but it is something maybe to look into in the future. His father, whose name is unknown, was a prefect of Gaul uh, under Valentinian III. Remember, Gaul is France, part of the Roman Empire. Yeah. In In around 452, he married a woman named Papiania, whose father later became the emperor in around 455. So he married an aristocrat, and that aristocrat just happened to have a her father just happened to later after they were wed become the emperor so that's quite a way to become the son-in-law to the emperor of the (laughs) roman empire he people got connections that's what i mean he's already starting out pretty big like that was a pretty good bet he placed down we know from two letters from his letters not just two we know from his letters that at least two dot da- he has two daughters one named severina and Rosica. um with with her and it is likely he had a daughter named i don't even know how i'm gonna say that el Sima i'm gonna say and she is mentioned by our other saint um gregory of tours who we ran into last episode so it's Believed with all of that, that he had three daughters with her.
0: It's just that apparently uh, one was not apparent as favorited. <laughs> yeah. We know there's at least two, but maybe a third. Mm. Yeah, he just didn't want to talk about just her, didn't I guess. Get, didn't, didn't get any letters, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if the, the daughters got letters. It was more they were yeah, it was talked the... about in his letters.
0: Yeah, it was the emperor. I know you said. But yeah, not even mention. <laughs> yeah, not even yeah. mention the okay, other yeah, one. Yeah, Severina and Razka. But yeah, I'll I'll see him up. No, no,
1: <laughs> she. We don't even need to mention her. Yeah, that's. It's just kind of a weird. Uh... She, she probably sent her off to to Constantinople or Istanbul, if you will. In 457, disaster struck. His father-in-law. Like most Roman emperors of the day was deposed by a man named Majorian, who was a Roman general and he pretty much was controlling the Ro- empire, leaving Sidonius in a precarious situation in Leon so his father in law, who you know gave him a lot of power, just was pretty much deposed. I don't think he was killed right away, but down the road he was beheaded, so not a great situation to be in. However, he, his charisma was really high, and he must have rolled a natural 20 on his saving throw because he was traded with great respect by the new Emperor Majorian. Apparently, he used his writing skills to get in Majorian's good graces by creating a panegyric, which is essentially a public speech or a public like text and praise of someone so he's basically like publicly sucking up to him and that's how he gains massive respect
0: Huh. Yeah. hey as long as it works i'm especially in those times i'm it's not sucking up to powerful people
1: especially the emperor yeah. yeah and uh and and in these times when you're playing the real game of thrones even like in the in the story of this uh cersei says in the game of thrones you either win or you die that's very much the issue here too as you've seen with several of our kings you either are too well or you get
0: killed yeah well i'm certainly not going to write a diss track (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this speech
1: or text whatever he did got him his own statue created in his likeness that was created in Rome. And uh, along with that statue, he got the title of Comes. And this um, was a secular title granted to imperial officials. It's basically like being proclaimed as part of the inner council to everyone else around. It's actually where we get the word for count, like Count Dooku or Count Dracula there's your useless fact of the day count chocula (laughs) (laughs) so he was just getting comfy in the imperial court you know he he sucked up to the new emperor he was getting you know he's getting his power in in place and uh creating connections and then all of a sudden the rug was ripped right out again from him and Majorian was deposed by the kingmaker rickimer who assumed control of the empire. However, Rickmer could not be emperor because he was a filthy barbarian. What (laughs) a problem to to have.
0: See it again and again.
1: (laughs) Yes. We just not allowed. So he had to rule through puppet emperors. But once again, Theodonius managed to navigate the tides of imperial politics, even though it seems like a new emperor seems to pop up every three years. And he got in the good graces of the new emperor by once again writing a panegyric about him. I mean, it worked once. Might as well do it again. Right. we're we're still talking about him so it obviously worked (laughs) he kept his head on his shoulders this earned him not only did it keep him alive it earned him the position of urban prefect of rome which he held until 469 it's like the role of a lord or a count of like rome and since like the city of rome and since the court was no longer in rome It was no longer under the emperor's direct control so he had even more power because he got to control the entire city of rome with the senate so you can see just continually just gains more and more power even as the the
0: the world around him is crumbling he gets to i guess he he gets to be king of the rubble (laughs) after he
1: his i think tenure ended i think you can only be uh prefect for so long he was established as a patrician class and the senatorial class at the same time right after his tenure now not to go way too deep in it but all the way back to when rome first started you had the plebeians and the patricians the patricians were the higher class and you could not become anything in the roman empire if you were not a, born of a patrician family And later, the patricians became the senatorial class, which was even higher up. And so he gained the role of all of that, right after his tenure, which is pretty impressive when he just was just a general aristocrat when he first started.
0: Must be nice.
1: And around 470, he was elected as Bishop of Claremont, which garnered him significant secular and religious power. Claremont is a powerful bishopric at this time. And because bishops in those days, they didn't just have, you know, like they had land around the cathedral as well and the, you know, the peasants and stuff. So he, that he effectively became like a lord of a large estate from this. Okay and spoilers for upcoming events while he was the bishop he was imprisoned by theodoric's brother Eurich, since he had taken part in a defense of claremont when Euric went and captured the city from rome
0: oh small world after all yeah, yeah well when you run into rome enough it's done it's not really that small i guess
1: yeah, and what's funny is he is in Theodoric's court at times. So like he gives you a description of Theodoric's court because he's just a you know a traveling uh, diplomat essentially to there, and then his brother later imprisons him. He does everything. However, he was later released and then continued to serve until his death, which was anywhere from 481 to 490. At 481, he was alive in the sources, and at 490, he was dead. So somewhere in there, he died. And after death, he rose even one more position in the afterlife, and he was venerated as saint, which gave him even more power in the kingdom of God. Wow. That's what I have for Sidonius. Kind of incredible life. So, (laughs) more crazy than a lot of our kings give a recap of his life in a nutshell he married the daughter of a future emperor in the imperial circle he survived several downfall of emperors and gained even more power every time he becomes the leader of the roman senate granted it's not the powerful roman senate used to be but still pretty impressive and then he becomes a bishop and then eventually a saint
0: wow so Uh, Well, I guess the saint one, unfortunately, if I recall, you cannot achieve in a lifetime.
1: (laughs) No, you cannot. You have to be dead for at least five years, and then you have to perform two, I think, at least two acts of miracles, like someone praying to you to do something, and then you cause a miracle to happen in death, and then you are risen to sainthood.
0: So you're saying there's a chance for me?
1: There is a chance for you, Scott. I...
0: I could become a saint.
1: (laughs) That's really funny to think about.
0: don't know what the saint, uh, uh, what I would be the saint of, but... What would you want to be the saint of? What would I want to be or what would I be? Those are two different things. (laughs) (laughs) What would you want to be the saint of? Oh, gosh. See, that's the thing. It almost coincides. The, The saint of, like... See, it could be anything but like i feel like it's got to be something that it's got to be pretty universal probably like the saint of cringe
1: <laughs> the saint of cringe i mean you <laughs> yeah. can do that yeah i bring i, I bring
0: cringe to the masses
1: <laughs> oh saint scott please give us, <laughs> cringy give us cringe. Moments. <laughs> there's to say we are too based <laughs>
0: we need cringe
1: (laughs) to to probably the surprise of no one I want to be saint of fire because I am an absolute pyromaniac
0: yeah see there you go I mean that's pretty useful yeah
1: it is it's a very useful tool
0: now you just yeah I feel like that's got to be pretty easy one to take credit for right like fire's (laughs) pretty easy to make yeah yeah I'll be like I burnt down
1: your enemies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Burnt yeah. Down you, may have, fortress. you may have had
0: gasoline or something, but we got there. We got there that in was the end. That, that was me. That was me. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Playing the long game.
1: <laughs> so now that we got through our primary sources, we're finally going to go to our two secondary ones, which is our favorite Victorian Gibbon and the story of Goths by Henry Bradley. Alrighty, with all of that, on to the main feature. Theodoric II was born into the Balti dynasty as the spare heir of Theodoric I, because he was the second son. He is described by Sidonius as a taller, well-built man that has curly hair and quote, (laughs) I had to fit this in there, his nervous neck is free of disfiguring knots i have so many questions yeah like i mean
0: is is I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean i feel like there's something a little greater intended for this like that nervous neck like he's very paranoid well i no. guess if you're no. if you're in for fratricide but it says for free from disfiguring knots. yeah like like, like it, it takes to be like that like he seems just like a like a paranoid guy but that he doesn't always show it i feel like this is something you know we're getting poetic here that like not something be. actually a physical description but like that he you know that like this is a, a quality of his character i feel more so than if unless unless people just had knots in their neck all the time <laughs> just, just, i mean that know, I back then here. i bet yeah so that it could be a physical description but to me it just screams of something that someone would write to be just poetic and obtuse for no reason there was a couple
1: of things that he wrote that i just completely just could not figure out for the life of me and just like try to figure out all the stuff around it because of stuff like this is like oh but i could not like that was the craziest description i've ever heard i looked everywhere to figure out what it meant and nothing it just brought me back to this quote again
0: yeah i think it's just him being
1: obtuse and poetic so on top of his nervous neck being free from disfiguring knots he is described as a man of cultivated mind refined taste pleasing and graceful manners and in the same description he was capable of the basest treachery and cruelty he did murder his brother for the throne, and that's pretty treacherous and kind of cruel at the same level. It depends
0: on how he did it.
1: <laughs> at the same time, that's kind of the definition of an early medieval ruler. You know, they they have a good mind. They, they have a taste. They're pleasing at the table. They have their court manners. And then at the same time, they have no problem burning someone at the stake or beheading them or torturing them for information you could say that about yeah. any of our guys
0: it's it's life and death
1: and once again we have little information on his life before becoming king because even though we have little inf- information on thorsman we have even less because he was not even thought as the heir he was the spare that's right what a sad
0: title <laughs> i i get it but spare heir is just yeah you're an that afterthought. Would suck. That would suck
1: so hard. Based on the account in last episode, Atius told Thorsmund he better get back home before his brothers usurp the throne. I would have to guess that he was at the capital of the Visigoths during the Battle of the Catalonian Plains, like, kept as the spare heir. So, I mean, it's got its benefits. You don't have to go into battle and risk your life being murdered by Attila the Hun.
0: Yeah, but no guts, no glory, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that is true. Gotta... Well, he he does get glory. It's just he 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 stabs his brother's guts. So I mean, well, we'll find out how much glory he gets. <laughs> he finally enters the official record by murdering his brother Thorsmund <laughs> for the throne. I have to say that's quite a memorable entrance it would be like a solid prologue to his season if like history was a tv show
0: yeah well i mean i guess he he's the first in our in our show here to actually do it so be a solid entrance that'd be a a good distinction
1: yeah like that'd be a quite an entrance to a character that'd be like oh we need to pay attention to this guy
0: yeah, starting the tradition. Although, apparently, people must not have thought very much of Thorismund, I'm guessing because again, this is we're still in a more at least semi-democratic society, right? I I I get that that it's not kind of yeah that they there is some level you have to have at least some consensus. It kind of sounded like
1: it's democratic through the use of force so as much as democratic as russia is this <laughs> is what i'm gonna have to say fair and free elections yes yeah
0: well yeah yeah i knew it wasn't like a true democracy but it sounded like yeah basically like everyone just sits around the table and just like it was yeah yeah I basically
1: guess. like a formality <laughs> like that's like how the queen like after the or well now the king now over in england how when the prime minister gets elected they like formally acknowledge them as like to run their their kingdom for them their country for them it's kind of that sort of thing vote for you All right, before we get more into his reign, we're gonna get into like a day in the life of his reign. We get a rare treat of seeing like a day in his court through the eyes of Sidonius, who we already have been acquainted with. And to be clear, this the object for Sidonius in this letter, he flat out says in the letter too, like, I am not writing this as a history to you. I am just giving you a description that you asked for.
0: Wow, really uh, begrudging. <laughs> sounds like, like, yep. Yeah, here it is. He wasn't begrudging. He was, he, he actually goes on
1: and on and on. He's like, you didn't really ask for that. So I'm not going to bore you to death pretty much. Here's oh, the the basics. Got a little spunk in his writing. So if you're here for just his story, feel free to skip ahead. The next part is for true history nerds that want every drop of history like I am and want to imagine what it was like back then. All right let's get into it all right so before daybreak he goes into a very small suite and attends the service of his priests he prays with a suity but if i may speak in confidence one may suspect more of habit than conviction in his piety so he is (laughs) so he is right away (laughs) dishing on him (laughs) yeah saying like
0: oh he's just doing that for show he's a it's like a christmas and easter kind of <laughs> <and laughs> yes, Christian. yes
1: after this sh- show of quote-unquote piety we get a description of the activities that are later in the throne room quote administrative duties of the kingdom take up the rest of the morning armed nobles stand about the royal seat this again scott you didn't watch game of thrones but this reminds me of the king's guard in the game of thrones i could clearly see it in this description where they have the king up on his throne and then you have like the armed guards you know beside him. i'm sure it's that way in several movies too
0: yeah i mean as it turns out having guards to protect your king sounds pretty practical especially if uh of <laughs> king is prone to being killed by his brothers
1: I mean, that is true. I mean, yeah. If you would think if you were to kill your brother, you'd be like, "I really need to make sure that doesn't happen to me."
0: Yeah, could be anybody. It's got to induce a lot of paranoia in a man, you know.
1: It, yes, yes. You'd be like, uh, "Yeah, I have power, but now I have to really watch my back." I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd want to be king in this era. I'd like to be one of the people that are, you know talking to kings and stuff like that and just being in the being in the know but not making the decision to be in the public face that way when shit goes to hell you can just back away and then when the new king comes in and go oh this is i am willing to serve you you know yeah and then the description continues that more guards are placed at the threshold of the room to keep their communication down to a murmur so you that you've got this it sounds like a very serious atmosphere that they want to create. And they really want to create like an intimidating display of power. So it, you can imagine you're in this room, you, uh, you know, you're in the throne room and there's the guards ahead and then there's guards, but they're not in the room. They're behind. So it's like
0: quiet, really, really quiet in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, they're there. They're, they're, they're down to a murmur. It's like, yeah, like you may not see the guards necessarily right um right next to you but
1: they're there a reminder yeah they're there it just takes a little little snap of my fingers and uh you'll have 10 swords <laughs> down your gullet <laughs> so to begin with the foreign envoys are introduced the king hears them says little if a thing needs more discussion he puts it off and accelerators ripe for dispatch I have no idea. This is another, like, thing that he says. And I have no idea what accelerates matters right for dispatch. My wife thought it was something along the lines of, like, just get it over with.
0: Like, yeah, I either that or just basically, yeah, taking care of things that are just easy. Yeah. They, the, they're grabbing the low-hanging fruit on he, things that can or should be done.
1: Yeah, he... he It says like he hears them and says little, so I have a feeling he just like he just hears what they have to say, and he probably wants to look like he's think like he's you know thinking and going to mull it over. But I'm sure he just hears it and rolls his eyes or whatever and just puts it on.
0: That's right, in one ear and out the other. He,
1: yeah, just the what I'm getting from this king. I don't think that maybe he does, but I I just don't get that impression of him. He seems to be more of a king that likes to just mess around
0: yeah like it's like he doesn't really listen and he's just like "Eh, just just do it like yeah yeah yeah, just if it's really that complex he's just like "Eh, well we'll just do this it's it's probably fine yeah
1: (laughs) yeah sidonius continues quote the second hour arrives he rises from the throne to inspect his treasure chamber or stable So is the king bored that every day, so bored that every day he goes to stare at his piles of treasure? (laughs) Is that what that is? Yeah. He just goes, ah, gold. I love gold. (laughs) Gold. Yeah. I mean,
0: battery just goes good, horsey. He's a king how much does how much does he really have to do unless he's being a really proactive guy he's not clearly not you know barbarian raging throughout the the lands but like if he's being paranoid that someone's gonna stab him in the back i'd
1: be securing my flanks at all times trying to figure out you know the different factions that are going on i wouldn't just ah i'm gonna just stare at my pilot treasure and just admire it for a good well, hour
0: he's not that paranoid Yeah, the guards were just more for show. Like, hey, look how how cool I am. Look how badass I am. And intimidation factor.
1: Big time intimidation factor. After staring at the gold for a good amount of time, and if a hunt is called for the day, the king joins in, but he does not carry a bow because that would be, quote, derogatory to royal state. In other words, he's too
0: good to carry a bow. Yeah, you can tell that this guy was never intended to be king all of the other guys at least even Thorismund at least seemed like he had intention of being king <laughs> but he like killed his brother to be king
1: like wouldn't you i don't know i wouldn't kill my brother to be king and then just fuck around in the rain i could have done that when i wasn't king
0: yeah a lot less responsibility i i think he just doesn't realize he's like oh everything's bad you know thorsmond is gonna muck it up right and yeah. it just like i could do better
1: <laughs> and then and, just to yeah still. and then
0: very quickly coming to the realization that yeah i actually don't really want this job that's what it feels like to me i agree
1: And during the hunt, when a bird or beast is marked for him or happens to cross his path, he puts his hand behind his back and takes a bow from the page and string all, quote, string all hang loose. So what I'm getting for that is he's, yeah, he's too good to carry a bow, but he he can use one as long as
0: his servant hands it to him. well, with the string hanging loose, though, like, it's suggesting like, that that the the bow is like not strung or that there's so much like extra material on the ends that like it's like frayed and that there's string hanging loose like that's it's an interesting yeah i description
1: i took it as like he pulls it back and like lets the 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 string go so to speak
0: so oh, like he you know loses fires
1: it, it. yeah looses it's another way of saying lo- uh old really old school way of saying loose an arrow. Yeah, that could be.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of an odd thing.
1: In his letters, Sidonius C- explains that the king likes to show off. And of course he does by having you choose a target. And then he, apparently he always hits it. And then in the same breath, he says, quote, if there is a miss through either air, your vision will mostly be at fault and not the archer's skill. So if he missed, so if you're getting this, yeah. If he missed, that wasn't him missing. You just saw that wrong. He hit it.
0: Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, this is a this is a real piece of work. (laughs) It's like a spoiled brat. Yeah, uh, and hey, hopefully he was at least actually a decent marksman. Yeah, I we we don't know. He always hits it in air quotes. So, get your eyes checked, Scrub. <laughs> eventually, he has
1: time to have dinner. And then after dinner, he has a little light siesta. And apparently, uh, during the siesta, he likes to play board games. That's pretty right. cool. I like board games. Settlers of
0: Catan going here.
1: <laughs> oh boy, Settlers of Catan with the King and how ruthless that game gets you might get your head chopped off.
0: Hey, you took away my road. No, get your eyes checked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So <laughs> Donius remarks that you can like see the king's strategic mind come to light during these games and apparently he is very good
0: at strategy. Ugh, this is uh I don't like this. This is like looking in the mirror. I don't want to <laughs> do anything. Can't do jack, but boy, can I play a mean board game!
1: I know, see,
0: <laughs> like looking in the mirror. It's good, God, it's good, I better not be a king. Oh, oh, this is King Scott. Yeah, better to have Saint Scott than King Scott. Yeah, that's pretty true. I, I too would probably stare at piles of gold and pet my horses. <laughs>
1: i I think i'd
0: have a little more (laughs) grace and humility though to be like when i miss be like get your eyes checked son
1: (laughs) and sidonius also says that he has the feeling that the king is actually a little afraid of being feared by an opponent and that he only seems to enjoy winning when the opponent is like visibly annoyed at his victory Otherwise, he thinks that they just let him win because, of course, you're the king. Who wants to beat the king and you have a chance to get their head chopped off because you beat him in a board game?
0: Yeah, knowing this guy, he'd probably do it, too. But <laughs> I think also there's probably a certain level of like he just wants people to kind of like suffer a little bit. Like, he 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 doesn't want to just like stomp people who have no shot. Like, he wants one, he wants an actual like good, He you know, he wants a good game i think but also that the people he's playing with he wants them to get agitated like he he wants them to feel the the potential the closeness of victory just to have it just to snatch it away from them yeah he's a little sadistic that way yeah takes one to kill your brother i guess
1: yeah i mean yeah it takes a little sadisticness to do that sidonius actually remarks like kind of in like the outlines or something he's like i've even you know pretended to get mad when i lose if i need favor from him and it works pretty well (laughs) so no not great at reading people (laughs) no apparently not In the ninth hour, of the burden of government begins again, and the petitioners, the buzz of petitioners is heard until evening, and conversations kind of continue into the night regarding courtly matters. So most of his day really is, you know, around the court and whatever petitioners are asking for. I've often wondered, like, what I've read a lot of history. i know very little of like what takes up the entire like days and years of petitioners. Like what conversations are being heard back and forth, especially without like internet, like conversations, like information to spread really quickly. What could they be talking about the entire
0: time? it's probably a lot of like recycled conversation (laughs) to be honest.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's like don't, our government is very good at talking a lot about nonsense, but they also can like they have a lot of different things they can pretend to talk about versus right now. All government does is protect your borders, take taxes, and I guess be the court system. That's kind of it. There's no, like, you know, there's yeah, no... Yeah, but there
0: is a lot of management, especially with protecting of borders, right? Because yes. you need... You have to, like, get soldiers. And that does involve basically having... I'm, I'd am imagine whether how intricate or not, you do have to keep track of that, and you do have to keep track of people, and, you you know, th- things like that. Because like, I'm sure probably, you know, if you're thinking about going to war, although... Maybe not this king, because he's not, doesn't seem very uh, smart. But I bet the first question is, if you're thinking about fighting somebody, he's like, all right, how many men do we have at our disposal? And there's got to be a guy who answers that. And of course, you know, if there's any, well, I guess, probably not, those may or may not be state run, uh, but like armaments as well, I think those be more individually
1: supplied. I think also you have the food management food management and like factions you have to manage because there's going to be various fact like since you know they talk about it all the time when a king gets overthrown or stuff it's because one faction that was against him gained a significant power so you have to manage the factions and on top of that I'm sure you're dealing with foreign envoys especially at this time when The Visigoths, even though they're their own separate kingdom, they are a part of the Roman Empire, so they still have to deal with the Romans Yeah. at the same time.
0: Yeah, so I think there's plenty to talk about. It's just probably a lot more localized and probably more life and death stuff. Just because you're probably watching your own back, depending on how backstabby the court may be. Mm-hmm. or at the very least you're, you're just trying to like dog into politics i bet people make a lot of stupid rumors about each other uh so you yeah. know i guess not really so different from today's society it's just that the consequences <laughs> are a bit more deadly correct yeah
1: at the end of the night the king retires to his chambers and sidonius says The Treasury Watch begins its vigil. Armed sentries stand on guard during the first hours of slumber. This weird phrasing of like the Treasury Watch makes me earlier think when we said like it inspects his treasure chamber. That's maybe a way of him just saying he just chills in his room. Instead of uh, yeah. you know just staring at his treasure, but I love that imagery of you just go into your treasure room and you just stare at it for
0: a good time, just just me. in awe. Me, <laughs> me. I wonder how much treasure is there though, right? Like, is are these just like all the spoils of war from? Think
1: about all the, the stuff so that they have done. They have gone to war quite a bit. They have collected treasure all the way from the balkans they went in came into italy went all the way rampaging across gaul went into spain and then went back into um gaul again they had to carry that they i'm sure it was bought and sold you know things like that but i'm sure quite a bit and especially like i i bet you like some of the stuff from like rome i would keep like if i were them i would definitely like if i stole something from rome as a big like screw you to rome like i would definitely like place that as like a memory of yeah we came and sacked your city because you couldn't do anything (laughs) and well that's what sidonius wrote in his letter it's kind of really cool we got to look at everyday life in the court activity details around the year 454 it's the dark ages there's a reason they call it the dark ages you know there's not much information, but this description makes the Dark Ages look a little bit less dark, shows that there's a little more life, at least in these royal circles, despite all the scheming that's
0: going back and forth. Well, even when times are shitty, people still got to live. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And especially, well, kings, they they got the means. to, be yeah. able to Enjoy life. Not like the those poor peasants who basically they work and no doubt that they've probably got their own, you know, fun and joys, right? Because everyone does. Because if they yeah. are constantly, it's very difficult to have a society where basically everyone is truly just like, there. there's like nothing, nothing redeemable before revolts.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're going to have revolts. But haven't you heard the quote of give them bread and circuses and they won't revolt? That's right. Just let me keep my Netflix account. <laughs> the, uh, the also thing though, is remember like the people at this time, they don't think of it as like, this is the middle ages that, you know, th- this is modern day cutting edge. In fact, they probably have no idea that Rome is about to crumble. Rome is still Rome at this time. It's still that, even though it's not the power it used to be, it's still a pretty significant force that, the, t- Like the Visigoths can't just declare their independence from Rome yet.
0: Yeah. Well, when you, I mean, Romans being a bit different, but like, and I mean Romans, I say people who are honestly probably more in the upper class, but you know, the majority of people are going to be lower class, and farming in a lot of places is, you know, generally subsistence farming. Like, you know, you give X amount to, you know whoever you're ruling people are because you know our money taxes whatever but like ultimately your situation probably isn't you know especially if you're you know like some just some farmer out in, you know somewhere your pro- things aren't going to change all that much
1: well here's an interesting thing this is uh regarding archaeology in uh england they have like remains of people who lived before the Romans came during the Romans came and after the Romans came after the after the Romans left, before the Romans left, they were actually pretty healthy. And they weren't showing signs of malnutrition or anything in their bones. Mm. When the Romans came, they had signs of big time signs of malnutrition because the Romans just sucked everything out of that area. And then after the Romans left, they got a little bit better again. Yeah. Which is well, but to them I'm sure it didn't seem that different but through the tides of history it just kind of worked out that way.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of a hint of uh well, empire, colonialism type aspect where basically you look at a piece of land, a country and just say, "Yeah, this is this is for the benefit of whatever governments ruling at the time, right? You're there to serve the main body of the people not not you people who live out in some far flung play, play place that we don't care about correct and like rome had a really good way
1: through all their networks of controlling now because rome's like becoming everything is becoming more decentralized these pe- the peasants have a little more say in their life now yeah they have lords and stuff but they're not beholden to the emperor over in rome that is means nothing to them yeah Back to the main quest. Thorsman, in the beginning of his reign, knew he had to justify murdering his brother in cold blood, or he will have a shorter reign than the man he murdered. Reasonable. So, according to Gibbon, he justified this atrocious deed by the design which his predecessor had formed of violating his alliance with the Empire. <laughs> so he. I mean, this was the case, but alliances were created and broken all the time. Like that's a pretty flimsy excuse for regicide, just because oh they yeah. didn't get along with the Romans. No one got along with the
0: Romans. We'll see how good this guy gets along with Romans. Soon.
1: In the beginning of his reign, he would have received news that Emperor Valentinian the Third, Placidia's son, was murdered. Again, Roman emperor being murdered by a Roman senator named Petronius Max Petronius Maximus. That's a solid name right there. Who proclaimed himself emperor? Surprise! But let's let's get through that name, Petronius Maximus. That's a good emperor name. I don't think he amounted to anything, but I kind of well, wish he, he did. was not
0: a very Maximus <laughs> emperor. No, he was not. Say. I, I mean he could have had a funny name, you know, like Bigus. <laughs> Digus. <laughs> Valentinian's widow
1: and Empress Eudoxia was then forcibly married to Petronius. So it seems like Rome hasn't changed much since Alaric, keeping it real classy there. Yep.
0: Yeah, well, they're in Rome and they do as the Romans do. Ex exactly.
1: About four months after that, he received another message, receiving him a report on activity in the Empire, and apparently all hell broke loose. Petronius was stoned to death for his cowardice while trying to leave the city, (laughs) when Gazeric the Cruel and his Vandal army was marching on their way towards Rome. (laughs) So. Gaiseric, I don't know if you remember, he is the guy who may or may not have mur- mutilated Theodoric's the second his sister. So yeah, Theodoric no, I's daughter.
0: No, he's he's the only guy who has the cruel as his <laughs> title, and that's pretty wild. But did wasn't uh Geyseric um like he had his son like remarry into uh, like the daughter or relation of like the emperor. You are this could correct. not be like the that most current emperor, but like I, I, I remember think... because that was the idea yeah. is that like he married him and then he sent his mutilated and sent his daughter back and then his son ended up yeah marrying into a higher noble class or something.
1: We'll get into that when we like research when we you know jump back in time and go through the Vandals. But the, yeah, basically, I think it was along the lines of the Empress Eudoxia basically begged him to come and, you know, remove Petronius because she, Petronius okay. murdered her husband. So, of course, she's.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was also making sure of all that, like, yeah, extra correct. history hullabaloo because, yeah, when you're marching on Rome, it that's a loose thing you're either going to save it or you're going to to destroy it well or both you know we've had a lot of cases where you know alliances have formed and broken and they're like hey we've come to save you actually uh, (laughs) psych nope we are your
1: overlords now Speaking of saving or destroying, there were reports that Gazaric earned his title, the cruel, because he plundered the hell out of Rome, like worse than Alaric did. They, I think they said like the equivalent to damage, like he did the 10 times amount of damage that Alaric did and he plundered it for 14 days and left it bare. Rome never recovers after this until way, way, way later when the Catholic church establishes itself in the heart of Rome and like grows powerful.
0: What a horrible, horrible display of vandalism. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's the, the origin.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like, that was the, the reason we have that word.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Like, it's nice when you have random things that just carry through like that.
1: Yes, I enjoy that. Like the town Portus, which is where we got the word port from. There's a
0: lot of it's, things from Rome that
1: we get our stuff from because a lot of our languages are descended from the
0: Latin language. It's true, but uh, not I say not as much uh, English, if I recall. Much more of a English just, like, is usually more like you have like a Germanic. You have like the Germanic languages and you have like the Latin languages.
1: Yeah. English, so. if I recall, is like a bastardized version of the German and the the Germanic and the the Latin languages together.
0: Yeah. Well now we just yeah, we just take everything. All the words. <laughs> all of it is ours. You really can. Like English language is an incredible, incredible beast that's held together by duct tape and prayers.
1: But a really important part of the report that he would have received is that the prefect of vitius who was theodoric the first's friend when and had been elected as emperor Re- replacing petronius so theodoric the sent out emissaries declaring his full support of atheist which really secured Avitius's rule since theodoric the second you know he is currently the strongest king in the empire so despite all the stuff we were making fun of him for he had a crap load of power to the point where he got to control like who was emperor loosely based off his
0: influence yeah Yeah. well you wouldn't want to make an enemy of him that's for sure
1: yeah especially when you have a horde of angry goss at your doorstep
0: yeah and uh the the Huns aren't there anymore to to <laughs> act as a buffer, so yeah mm-hmm.
1: and the and the vandals just kicked your butt, so they're <laughs> they're they're not gonna help you out either, yeah so based on this kind of information, he may have been true to his word that the reason he killed his brother was because of treason against the Romans, like he's very clearly declaring his loyalty towards rome by like supporting like the roman emperor big time so either he was a big part of the roman faction or he saw that that was the most powerful faction and he like attached himself to it
0: yeah that's what i was thinking too gives him a little uh a little more good boy points in our eyes that yeah after all yeah if if he got a I, i mean he obviously got assassinated by his brother for whatever reasons you know maybe wanted to be king whatever but you know there there is like some level of like yeah he couldn't maintain these pro-roman factions very well so
1: yeah thorsman was a very weak leader is what what we kept seeing like for the fact that he didn't take you know the advantage of completely wiping out the huns and getting all their treasure and then really
0: becoming a threat to rome instead he just kind of backed down yeah this is his way of kind of uh holding up on his end of the bargain (laughs) yeah yeah like all right yeah i'm you know i i see the winds of change i'm gonna ride this wave and now i'm gonna assassinate and i'm actually gonna try and make good on my promise a little. which
1: is a smart player like of the game of thrones move that's a very smart move you see the where the winds are going and you strike when you need to
0: well, we'll see how how well this works for him.
1: <laughs> so the Sweebies, who you may remember, they uh, were able to regain their footing after Wallia, our favorite, decimated them and were becoming a problem again in attacking what was left of the Roman territory in Spain. So Theodoric II, as a vassal of Avatius and the Empire, he put the Swedes back in their place, a decisive faction. Their king, Ric- Ricari, was put to was captured and put to death. So, Good job. So he's I, getting
0: stuff done.
1: I'm seeing a pattern of the Swedes just <laughs> being like the the goss punching bag whenever <laughs> whenever they feel like it.
0: Well, maybe they shouldn't be attacking the edge of Roman territory
1: Mm mm-hmm he did he's learning from experience you know from atolf that you need to kill your enemies before they get you yeah cruel but the game of thrones is a dangerous and very unforgiving game i would not want to play this game i enjoy talking about it but uh uh-uh
0: yeah well we've got some rough undertones for this guy so we'll see how good he is at assessing (laughs) his threats after his victory against the Suevies,
1: he went to set out and conquer the Iberian Peninsula, but was immediately halted by news that his ally Avitus had been deposed off and killed. How many emperors has
0: that been in this episode? Uh, I think we're on like three. Three. It sounds about right. That's. It's that's, no small number. That's a lot. <laughs> That's, that's yeah that's the uh i'm gonna stop doing work for rome for a hot minute <laughs> i'm gonna hightail it back to to get to france right because that's where they're situated
1: yeah after day france after he was deposed roman empire just descended into total chaos and that meant the visigoths were left to their own devices <laughs> so no uh, one was controlling them now one of these devices was his younger brother Yurik, murdering him for the throne like they did to their brother Thorismund
0: oof what a happy family i think the this is where the idea of leaving home and then coming back is just a that's a that's a rough proposition like it really seems like that like these you know these uh these brothers one leaves to go do things go do king stuff or while he's away the other brother consolidates his power he's got to have some backing to be able to get away with this a little oh bit. yeah definitely so he's consol he consolidates power you know and uh lo and behold the king comes back to uh some some poison some knives the yeah yeah. i don't know
1: which one poison maybe poison and knives maybe a poisonous Poison's knife. knife. <laughs> that is i never thought of that yeah it seems like yeah they go off they do something pretty great and then they come i i think you're right i think it's the fact that the brother gets to stay at court and then he gets to put things in people's ear and so discontent yeah. and through that he
0: gets to gain his power yeah, which is crazy, because honestly, all things considered, I mean, it doesn't seem like he ruled for very long, but at least, you know, Theodoric II didn't seem like a particularly terrible, do a terrible job, apart from being a chump at archery, apparently, or really good, depending who you ask.
1: Yeah, based on the histor- like the things he did, if we didn't have if we did not have the description that Sidonius uh, gave us, we would have a very different outlook, I think, on him. Like, yeah, he murdered his brother. Who, Like, think about it. If you didn't get that, you would have gotten, he murdered his brother because he wasn't supporting the Roman faction. So what he did is he hopped on the Roman faction train and really rode it, ended up contr- being able to be a big part of who, you know, became the emperor of rome and then he started conquering you know lands yeah it's only because of sidonius that we get this other like little look of him so that makes me wonder like how many of our other kings like they looked really impressive but maybe that was like their advisors or something like that
0: yeah well you don't need to be a good guy to be a good ruler a good king right?
1: correct like he seems to be a
0: good king he 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 was he about his to strategy. conquer all
1: yeah he, he was about to conquer all of spain again
0: chess and... is the king's game my my dude <laughs> this is he's probably spent his time playing chess or something i don't know i'm a i, I don't chess I, has been around a long time no i, I don't, don't know think it was chess it.
1: i think um have you ever played Stratego? it's a oh, it's a God. version of that i think is what is how based on sidonius's descript little descriptions like his little remarks that's what it to me is what it sounded like
0: yeah but i mean it's kind of by the way is like you know he's got a tactical mind and uh he put it to work on starting wars yep or well one war one before, war uh, before he met his timely end or untimely rather
1: untimely end how long do you think based on that story did he reign
0: oh geez well if he spent a long time looking at his treasure piles it might inflate it but <laughs> oh let's see a lot of hullabaloo but things hat seems like they're happening really fast in a short time frame i don't know, he's He seems like he's got to have only ruled for like, I'm going to give him three years. Wow, he reigned from
1: 453 to 466, so around 13 years. Wow,
0: it just felt like things were happening really fast.
1: It does a lot of times when you read this stuff in history, you think it happened really quick. And no, it took a long time, like a good portion. And think about how long it would take to move soldiers and information around. They don't have the internet like we do
0: yeah it's just like that there have been a lot of cases where you're like wow you know all this stuff happened like you know like and we've already gone through some of these kings where it's like it's stuff just happens left and right and it's like you know a very short time span mm-hmm. there's other ones where it's like you know maybe a comparable amount of stuff happens but it's spread out and it gets a little harder to tell he just seems like and again a lot of it is is characterization brought on by our potentially biased source we don't know how biased
1: uh seems to be one of the better sources because he's not he his purpose of writing was to give his brother a description granted in in uh positive his he wanted to give his brother like a more positive light description on him he they did flatter them a little bit because of or his writings did flatter him a little bit but that was to keep his own head on his shoulders that's exactly what
0: i mean is there is I, I mean he's obviously no jordanes right correct yeah but there, there could be some level of bias but in, in any case that the, the characterization also just uh by him also just really makes this man scream like he's going to be a lot not a very long-lived man and that's especially Especially in these times yeah 13 years is a pretty good run for Uh, for uh for like a rulership of a guy who stabbed someone in the back that's a big destabilizing factor and
1: yeah usually when you do something like that it destabilizes not stabilizes 13 years is a really solid time i wonder what caused his brother to finally Kill him. It must be like the tides again were turning against him, yeah. and his brother just used that to well, his advantage. I mean,
0: they probably saw all of these emperors, you know, especially in this just these thirteen years. We saw the revolving door of emperors and needing help from the outside to like really make Rome, you know, to come back because right because uh, or you know, and then of course uh, yeah, so- they're getting sacked multiple times now, so. Roman probably just looks really weak during his rule, so there's probably the anti-Roman sentiment probably building up, and they're like, we can't have this guy who's kissing up, and now, you know, his friend in Rome is gone, so Rome is could be hostile. Well, again.
1: Rome also disintegrated at at that point when.
0: I... Well, they they might not know that. That's what I'm saying is like, the 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 folks there they go like, shoot another, you know another guy is going to come in and he could be our enemy. Rome looks really weak. We don't really want to ally ourselves with, mm-hmm. you know, this, this dying empire. And it could be this dying empire could be hostile to us. And, and our King is they way would- too in love with Rome, apparently. So, Probably all that sentiment, yeah. The winds shifted on him,
1: yeah. Like um, the some other descriptions during like this time is like what they described is like th- you would like see Rome's like influence very visibly be disintegrating along this time, especially right when Avitus was killed. It really just vi- like decentralized to hell. It, it decentralized so bad that spoiler alert: in ten years, it is gone. Yeah. Rome falls in four seventy-six. So ten years from now it's already gonna collapse completely. So it's well on its way. What a time to be alive.
0: I would not want to be alive in the time of a dying empire. I would would not be... be wanna be a Roman in the time of a dying empire, but I mean, like, let's be real, is that the 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 goths might be able to you know take a little advantage of that i mean they worked with rome but they've spent a lot of time fighting them so not to say that their future problems could be you know couldn't be worse but that's this is a, a you know an opportunity for them to seize on you know more of rome's uh resources that they're going to lose their grip on
1: yeah especially because the mate so rome was the big faction holding a lot of things together and besides them the visigoths hold a significant amount of power you have the sweevy who are over in spain and they keep getting shoved back um up into asturias so like uh northwest of spain and then you have the vandals who are sitting tight in africa who have an intense incredible amount of power and wealth because the african provinces were like the breadbasket of the empire oh yeah and then you have the franks up at the north who are gaining power but the Visigoths, But it's a bad scramble correct right? yeah this is like this is a power vacuum has opened and now everyone's going you know mine 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 for their pie and now all hell's gonna break loose like we have discussed several times when the big overarching force is gone everyone's gonna go fight for the the scraps of it and build their own
0: yeah so it's it's an opportunity so are you ready to raid him yeah i think we got enough to work with here
1: the real Game of Thrones. I'm curious on your opinion on here. He can go a multiple of different ways. How do you think he did in the real Game of Thrones?
0: I think he played fairly well, but obviously not well enough considering his backstabbing. Not to say that you can't get stabbed in the back for no reason, right? Doesn't doesn't take a genius to, to kill someone. <laughs> um, but... I think that from before his rule started up until basically where things went south, uh, he, you know, weren't pretty well. Being pro-Roman is pretty great, but he lacked uh, the flexibility. As it turns out, making and breaking alliances, although not the world's most stable thing, is probably stability trying to have a stable alliance and a very with a very unstable nation in a very unstable world is probably just a fool's errand so yeah
1: the the thing that goes against him and it goes against every one of our kings up to this point is that they don't have complete control of his destiny because they have to operate within the empire but he did it very well he understood the political climate and he swam with the current against it i think that was a solid strategy he was able to influence the empire which is pretty uh, massive moves but he wasn't awe-inspiring in terms of he wasn't he was a force to to reckon with but he couldn't just steamroll anyone he wanted
0: yeah oh i mean again you know we're we're talking right now of course you know on the uh the politics side so yeah he yeah he he did yeah so he didn't have all the strength in the world but i think that he, he was able he had a very solid base to sit upon and he was able to flex that muscle to work things in his favor but it, ultimately the lack of i i think it's just kind of bad luck on his part that rome just had the the worst stroke of luck for him like his his friend uh or ally in rome got killed and rome is just so unstable at this point i I, yeah that's some marks down
1: i feel like it happened to like He put all of his chips in, the pro-Roman, because that's where the winds were going. And all of a sudden, the winds died down immediately and shifted the other way. And he wasn't able to gather, you know, he probably wasn't able to flip fast enough. And his brother took advantage of that and was able to kill him. Because I have a feeling every time a king's assassinated, there's more than just, oh, a knife in the back. There's also, you have to have
0: political support
1: because if you're going to kill someone and you want to sit the throne you need a very back big backing in order to hold on to yeah. that power
0: yeah i uh, so i think we'll we'll get back into the numbers i think like he's probably like more than he's he's got a got a good few numbers i'm leaning like a six i was the yep, dead on
1: same here. I was thinking a six.
0: Like, he he did some good things, but it's not like he made impressive gains. It's more like he flexed the base that he had, and ultimately, uh, his lack of flexibility and siding with, well, I would say the wrong side. I guess in the end, it turned out to be the wrong side. And I, I don't even think it
1: wasn't he wasn't flexible. I think he just... He, there was nothing he could do. He, he had... It, he had the forces going so
0: one way, and the minute the tides yeah. changed, he was SOL. Well, I guess here's the other, and this is what actually kind of informs it: is if you, <laughs> if we had someone more flexible like Valia or Alaric, right? Yeah, who is more prone to switching sides? You know, what would would they have been assassinated, right? If they're not so heavily in bed with Rome, basically. and pitching themselves to that that wagon, I think that someone else probably might not have gotten assassinated if they were not so attached to Rome.
1: Yeah, Wallia was attached to Rome, but in a very... He was more of a using Rome. He's like, I don't want to fight them. I think that if they had a showdown between Rome and them up in the northern parts of Spain, one, that would have been an epic battle, and two, (laughs) I think either it would have been a pyrrhic victory for one side or the other and i feel like he was like i don't want to waste soldiers i will just operate within the empire
0: yeah but that's like the making and breaking alliances like, yeah it's not just he's not sitting on one putting all his eggs in one basket Correct. i think that in, in an unstable world you can't do that all righty so. so that is how much out of 20 six and six
1: for 12. Ooh, exciting stuff not a bad start Royal mischief. How do you feel like he did on this category?
0: (laughs) He's a pretty mischievous guy. Uh, He obviously stabbed his brother in the back uh, figuratively, or literally. Probably figuratively. Yeah, he probably gave him a nice poison. Uh, Apart from that, uh, apart from him just being a general goof in his, according to our colorful descriptions, I feel like he hasn't had that much more mischief
1: the only thing is sources say he is incredibly cruel he had a big capacity to be cruel but they never gave an example they just went he's cruel so i don't know if you want to give extra points for that i mean he obviously assassinated his brother and he executed a a king that was against him that's right yeah but i don't yeah actually
0: that's that's yeah, that's a bit... But I don't, I don't know mean, if that's mischievous more than just practical. I don't think that's
1: mischievous. I think that's actually a good move to execute the, a king that's against you. I think that's actually a positive point in, you know, the real Still game of high thrones. Marks. And, like, yeah, but he assassinated his brother for the throne. That's big, big points. Yeah,
0: it takes, takes guts and also political gusto, but that's not mischief. That's, <laughs> that's a separate category. Uh, I want to give him high marks. I know he only did one thing, even though it's like the biggest thing. And of course being the the first in our
1: fratricide and regicide all in one. That's pretty solid stuff right there.
0: Yeah. Although (laughs) they kind of go hand in hand in the the realm of fighting for the crown. I, as we go on, I'm sure we're going to hear those words an awful lot. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Like fratricide, uh, patricide matricide oh yeah that too so i'm sure those words will be along regicide more than a couple times especially when we get to england they love yeah. to kill their brethren yeah i don't want to give him like all the points in the world but i definitely want to and he's yeah he's he's got his uh, apparently his cruel points i guess uh i want to give him like a 7 Like, pretty good, but he's not the mischievous. We weren't given too many concrete, like,
1: examples. I think because of the lack of concrete evidence, like, they just said he's cruel. Which, yeah, but they didn't really give anything other than he assassinated his brother. That's incredibly cruel. Like, I'm going to go six.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that checks. So a seven and a six for 13 out of 20.
1: Not bad again. Doing way better than his brother. That's for sure. Yeah. Religious passion. He faked his religion. At least he, he did things out of religion, but I feel like killing your brother because you want to, his throne is a direct violation of two commandments at once, which is quite impressive.
0: yeah but you know all things are forgiven as long as you you know pray enough and confess right but did he confess before he died well that is uh something that only our good saint friend might know (laughs) yeah that's the thing is i don't think we really need to review him on religious passion he was already reviewed that's (laughs) we we had the religious man himself give a review yeah i think he's got like you know like a like a, maybe like a one i'm gonna give two. him
1: a one because we got a description of him doing something in religion and sounded
0: m- like it was the kind of a day in the life kind of thing yeah probably in these ceremonies sh-
1: and i'm sure the other kings that we gave zero points for but it's just like i can't give points for something i don't know this one we actually know so i'm gonna have to give him one
0: yeah i mean perks of having a important people write about you, I guess. Exactly. All right. Uh, One and one for a total of two. Solid stuff right there. All right. Alignment. All right. Uh, I think there's one answer. One answer only, really. What is that? It's chaotic evil. Chaotic evil stab. You stab
1: your brother. (laughs) He did do that, but he also just operated within the confines of the empire. He may have thought of stabbing his brother as like the thing to do for the kingdom and not just himself. Especially if there was a large Roman faction along that and he wasn't.
0: Yeah, but his character, again, this is like the, we we have a little meat uh, as far as his character, his day to day, and I don't get the chaotic of him. I get evil. He of him. stabs his brother. Um, he's like a guy who, I, I suppose, like if you're talking in the grand scheme of his politics, you know, you could potentially make it more lawful, but like it, it really doesn't. He's doesn't not like right with. Him.
1: He's not the the what do you want to call it the cartoony
0: evil flat-out ruler you know yeah the, but the... it just seems like his character is you know he's he's allying with rome a good amount and, and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that his buddies you know, his buddies on the throne right I well think no that he was has...
1: he was allying with them before his buddy gained the throne
0: yeah uh yeah, it's just that like killing killing your your brother is such a yeah, it's such a vile act. And also, I mean, he it feels like he didn't do like a ton with his reign. It's really hard to like make a so- a sound judgment. He didn't really make any like too Good many decisions. sweeping yeah changes. I mean he's he's distinct enough that i feel like he you gotta lean somewhere on like the the scale here i think I'll, he's an evil guy he strikes me as an evil guy he, oh. he only pretends in his religious rituals gasp <laughs> um, oh
1: man and youth, i think he's got a little bit of lawful in him though I think you scold me on the evil, but I think he's got a little bit of lawful. He definitely has some chaos
0: in him, but I think he's got a bit of the law. He He, he was pretty he was riding the the Roman train pretty hard, which is lawful,
1: because remember, that is the law in this land right now. That is the that is what they know is like, that is what they should be doing in terms of law. Going against the Romans would be chaotic.
0: Yeah, it's just that killing your brother does not feel lawful in <laughs> any... But yeah, I guess I, I, I'm willing to flip it to lawful, I guess. If you want to talk about his rule, yeah, I guess you, could, you can flip it as lawful. It, it, again, a lot of this is really just... My perspective of him is stained a lot oh, by yeah. just the scathing account of this guy.
1: <laughs> by Sidonius. I love Sidonius so much. He's my favorite. He is my favorite source so far, like by a mile. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to give him Lawful Evil, which is still five points.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. I That's a tough one. So, you know, full marks for him. Uh, you know five and a five
1: how do you think he did on
0: stability oh that's a tough one i i think he's i mean getting murdered and like you know not for presumably good reasons right like if you get murdered in battle that's one thing but he's getting murdered uh by his brother no less i feel like that and there's that's gotta a be big a faction with against. him yeah but yeah. at the
1: same time there's not like He ruled for 13 years and it seemed pretty stable for those 13 years within the kingdom. And he was operating within of Rome instead of direct opposition. So he was kind of harmonious for most of his years. I feel like it started becoming unstable as soon as the emperor, his emperor, the final emperor, Emperor Avitus died. Well, at least of his reign. Um, once Avitus died i feel like then the tides turned against him and it kind of destabilized the kingdom enough for him to get assassinated
0: yeah so i i think that he gets some points but yeah as long as we don't give him too much
1: <laughs> uh out of five how much would you give him
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna give a three, and it's mainly just because like he's at the halfway point or above it, and my philosophy behind his so-so score <laughs> is, yeah, he he himself was like a pretty stable guy, but unfortunately, I'd have to agree that I'll nice also stable brick house is, was built on marshy land. <laughs> But thirteen years is a long time, and I want to give him some credit for that. But I don't think a four or five is really warranted. That's my thought. The house, of, yeah, i us say the castle sank in the swamp. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great description. Uh, all right, on to the next one. Total of how much? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that'll be a three and a three for a whopping six
1: out of ten. Alright, on to Dynasty. How do you feel about Dynasty? So, this is what I've got on Dynasty. He didn't leave much behind. The letters which give us a glimpse into the 5th century royal courts is more from Sidonius. It's not from him. There's no direct descendants that inherited the throne. I don't hear anything about his children. Maybe down the road I will in sources, but up to this point I heard nothing. And his brother seems to be the only real legacy. I don't hear anything if he has a wife or anything like that either. Granted, we barely hear if these kings have lives because God forbid he write about women, which frustrates me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what we get for being in the Dark Ages.
0: Yeah. Uh, not really much to leave behind, I feel he did leave behind a stronger kingdom
1: than what his brother his brother seemed like he was weakening the kingdom and he did strengthen the kingdom up a little bit for (laughs) the person who assassinated
0: him to take over but again is that you know i again this is that really what we're after is like because dynasty is what is it it's like what he's remembered for
1: dynasty is that to me and how you set up the next reign because, you so, know, that's your, how did you, how, either one, how did, you, to me, it's, you know, what did you leave behind in terms of like, you know, your fam, the family and stuff, but it's also like, how did you set up your kingdom for the next? Did you leave it in ruin or did you leave it, you know, did you make it better than what you had and had a tremendous, yeah, we don't hear much of him in terms of pop culture or anything like that the only thing i would give him points for is that he grew the kingdom and that his brother <laughs> inherited his his legacy but i'm yeah. not going to give him points on that i think i'd only give him points on that he kind of strengthened the kingdom a little bit
0: yeah Not much points, so...
1: I'm going to go 2 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I think a 2 is about appropriate. He doesn't really get much, many brownie points on this one. That makes a 2 and a 2 for a total of 4. That's exciting. Alrighty, before we
1: get to the final thing, how many points did he get total out of
0: 100? um he got a whopping 47 points
1: not bad compared to some of our other kings
0: yeah he's uh you know he's comparable to some of the more uh other interesting characters we've had so he's he's earned his place i was he's earning his he's earned his key i was very surprised when i first like thought of recording
1: i was like i don't remember his reign being that important but we got into quite a bit with him and he's kind of an interesting person
0: yeah well killing your brother will do that to a guy (laughs) Um, well yeah we have the personal details. we have the personal details the 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 letters
1: by sidonius are really cool to me that was that was fun to see So Alrighty to our final I guess category. Do we raise him to high king, reduce to a lesser lord, or we burn him at the stake?
0: Eh he's he's a lesser lord. I
1: would agree. He's not a non entity like his brother, but he didn't do anything that really impressive. Held the throne for thirteen years. I agree. Lesser lord. Yeah. He did he did pretty good. He, he was a fun king. This was a more fun episode than I expected. I really think that S- Sidonius, though, shined through because his descriptions were amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, Theodoric, check your eyes the second. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I
1: really enjoy <laughs> this game. I really wish we got... I Obviously, we wouldn't, but you would get, like, more like actual on the ground sources because i think that would be so cool to see like what are these people writing and of course the scathing remarks they leave behind is entertaining
0: yeah well not unfortunately with uh literacy rates being what they were back then
1: the catholic church was the literacy at that time too especially with rome disintegrating Before we close out, we would like to thank all of you for listening and supporting our podcast. It really means a lot. This was a really fun project that we've been working on, and we couldn't do it with the help out of all of you. We have a very important question before we continue. Do you know someone who also enjoys treachery and cold-blooded assassinations? You should tell them about this ridiculous podcast and help us grow our little kingdom into a force to be reckoned with. If you want to go the extra mile and really help us out, give us five stars, and we will talk. And we will read your review on here on the show. So if you want to really increase your influence on the world, you know, with the massive reach that we have right now, you can do that. Otherwise, if you have any comments or questions, the best way to is to mess to message us is on Facebook Messenger. Until next time. The king is dead. Long live the king!